Greetings. You're listening to the Bonnie Boat Sailing Podcast. My name is Chris Smith. Whether you're a grizzled old salt, pining for the days of wire rope halyards, or a greenhorn, wondering what the hell a dolphin striker is, this is the podcast that seeks to fill the need for everybody's third most favorite pastime. That is, talking about sailing. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bonnie Boat Sailing Podcast. If you're just joining us, this first batch of episodes chronicles the refit and subsequent adventures of my wife Ryan and I aboard our 1967 Pearson Ariel Firefly. We spent two years on the hard fixing up the old girl and took her down the ICW from Virginia to the Florida Keys and back. Cheers! Episode 12, Sunshine State, December 2015. After departing Palm Coast Marina, after going aground south of St. Augustine, we made it to New Smyrna Beach, and we were passed by Ibis, a rural Parker-designed and built boat, which I think might be the coolest boat in the world. Second to the Pearson Ariel, of course. We were also followed by a drone with a camera. We could see the guy piloting the thing on the shore, and we waved, but he did not acknowledge. Unsettling. Ibis was um, a boat that Rule Parker designed for the Bahamas, uh, and it can be trailered uh, without a special permit. It's about eight feet wide, but I think it's about 40 feet long. Uh, And as it turns out, it was actually Rule Parker at the helm, and we kind of waved as he passed. Uh, He wrote a book called The New Cold Molded Boat Building. If you're interested in that sort of thing, it's uh, totally worth checking out, and it's, it's a good read on top of being interesting. He also writes for Wooden Boat Magazine on occasion. Uh, From New Smyrna, we hit Titusville. As we motor-sailed along, we were able to see NASA's Vehicle Assembly Building in the distance. It's huge and very impressive. The stretch of the ICW that meanders through the Mosquito Lagoon has been one of our favorites. It's wide open, with small mangrove islands dotted all around, and very little evidence of waterfront development. We saw our first manatee, although for such slothful creatures they avoided being photographed. We anchored just outside the mooring field in Titusville and rode ashore to spend some time with Ryan's brother Christian and his girlfriend April. They drove us to Walmart, served up a delicious home-cooked meal. Christian dropped us off at the marina, and we had a somewhat thrilling row back to the boat involving wind, waves, flying spray, darkness, confusion as to the location of the boat, and some unladylike but very sailorly swearing on the part of the crew. The skipper who in this case was more like the lowly oar hand, was characteristically phlegmatic, for the most part. And I'm just reading through our log here and looking back at the blog. It's kind of funny because mostly we tried to to shoot straight on the blog, uh, but I know some of our parents were a teensy bit worried, and uh, so my notes from that row back in Titusville just say, wind picked up, very rough row back in the dark, must remember PFDs. So, <laughs> a bit of a different, that tells a bit of a different story to me anyway, but I think it's more valuable for me, and hopefully for, for listeners, uh, for me to reflect on how I would do things differently now, as opposed to give advice, because I don't think I'm any, in any position to give advice. Uh, but with dinghies, I think it's kind of a no-brainer uh, that there should always be PFDs in the boat. The next day took us to Coco, where we met Kirsten and Jason on Chickadee a like-minded younger couple cruising on an Alberg 30. We busted out the Firefly, sweet tea-flavored vodka, 
and traded sea stories and life stories. Jason and I have similar tastes in boats and similar philosophies in putting them back together. Their boat is like Firefly's bigger sister. They left us in the dust and are in the Florida Keys now. And uh, Jason and Kirsten are some of our some of our best friends. And I think Jason listens in in here occasionally. So, what's up, buddy? <laughs> uh, but they will be making uh, more appearances in the story as it progresses. But uh, we had a lot of fun hanging out with them in Cocoa Beach. Um, you're tied up to the the town dock there, and I think we just walked up to them because I and started talking because I recognized their boat as a uh, as a Carl Alberg design. So so thanks, Carl, for for introducing us to Jason and Kirsten. Onward to Serenity Island, a small deserted spoil island just off the ICW. Uh, and there's a lot of these along that stretch. And I guess when they dredge the channel, they dump all the, the dread spoils in these, in these little uh, in, in piles along the edges of the, of the channel. And they, some of them form these, these spoil islands, which are pretty cool. Uh, so this particular one is named Serenity Island. And given the derivation of Firefly's name, we thought we just figured we had to stop. And it was a cool spot. There's a fire pit. Uh, and there's a bunch of local boats that come out there and hang out for the day to, uh, to swim and fish. We anchored the boat, rowed ashore, did some fishing, uh, drank some boat sodas, hung out with the locals. Uh, we didn't catch any fish that day, but we were becoming hooked, you might say. From Serenity, we had a longish day to Fort Pierce, where we met up with my Uncle Ed and Aunt Susan. Upon consulting with Ed's family tree generator, we determined we're actually first cousins once removed, and can trace family going back all the way to the 1780s. I was intrigued. We slept in a real bed, took real showers, and were generally spoiled by Ed and Susan's hospitality. Many, many thanks. We checked out a sailboat graveyard with project boats in various stages of decay, and hung out at Little Jim's, home of Navy SEAL Team Zero, and some very serious-looking guys. Ed introduced us to some folks who had done the Gulf Stream crossing to the Bahamas numerous times, who gave us some great advice and welcome encouragement. We managed to get a few boat projects done, and with Ed driving us around to all the local hotspots, picked up some ship's supplies and victuals. Once again, we were treated with such kindness. Uh, I guess my first cousins once removed are family and thus compelled to treat us with kindness. Uh, but be that as it may, we had a great time with them, and they were very generous with us. Uh, we greatly appreciated it. Um, kind of a funny story from that, from, from staying with them. Uh, that was the first night we stayed off the boat in a few months. Uh, and at one point, I jumped out of bed, opened the curtains, and was surveying the anchorage to see if we were dragging, dragging, only to realize slowly that the noise I heard was the air conditioner outside the window, and we were, in fact, uh, in a bed on land. <laughs> uh, another cool thing about stopping in Fort Pierce was that we were tied up in, in the marina there uh, next to Varuna. Uh, she's a red Contessa 26. Uh, and I did this when on the when we wrote the blog back two years ago now. But if you know why Varuna, the red Contessa 26, is special, uh, I guess shoot, shoot me a message on the Facebooks or, or the Instagrams, and uh, and I'll buy you a beer if we ever meet in person. Uh, and I guess I should stipulate that. I guess the first person to do that, I'll buy a beer. Got to got to cover my cover my bases here. Um, I know I I owe. Uh, Emily at Dingy, at Dingy Dreams, a, a beer for getting it right on the blog. Um, but suffice it to say, it was really cool to see that boat in person. And it is a tiny boat, uh, smaller even than Firefly. There's almost no freeboard. Uh, and it's an impressive feat for a little boat, uh, what was done with it. Unfortunately, I think the guy who owned her most recently 
uh, was taking the boat across the Atlantic last year, and, and she was abandoned, which is pretty sad. Um, he's fine. I think he got picked up by a freighter, but, but a bummer about Varuna, because it's a boat that's got, got some pretty cool history. Anyway, back to the blog. Jensen Beach, OK Anchorage, trains, don't go to Conky Joe's. At least we can't go back because Ryan stole a koozie. <laughs> Peck Lake. Ryan caught the first fish of the trip, took us all the way to Florida, a nice blue fish, and the second fish of the trip, a catfish, within about 20 minutes of each other. We ate the blue fish for dinner. I was very proud of my fisherwoman. Ryan was pretty psyched. She caught said fish using a DOA shrimp lure thing, which requires patience and reeling and flicking of the rod. I caught a lunker of a gaff topsail catfish by chopping off the bluefish head, sticking it on the biggest hook we have, and dropping it over the side on a clothesline, which is much more my fishing style. North Palm Beach Canal, another panopticon anchorage. We anchored in a basin inside an exclusive waterfront neighborhood, and presumably our every move was scrutinized. Getting here required going under five opening bridges, each one more of a cluster than the last. At Jupiter Inlet, the water went from ICW brown to Caribbean woe, but then came the bridge. We came around a corner, and I think we were second in a line of four sailboats. The current and wind were going pretty good, pushing us towards the bridge. The bridge tender responded quickly, said he would open right up. The gates went down, we all approached at the normal pace, and then the bridge didn't open for what felt like an hour. It was probably more like five minutes. The first sailboat in line nearly got swept under. We were reversing hard not to run them down, and the sailboat behind us started doing donuts. It was a freaking nightmare. The rest of the day was pretty much the same for the next four hours. Lake Worth. This is the staging area for boats getting ready to cross over to the Bahamas. Bing Anchorage and convenient to a grocery store, West Marine, etc. We anchored up, caught a nice jack for dinner, and went to bed. The next day, we met Gilles and Anique on Callista, our first Canadian friends of the trip. These guys are awesome. They had a rental car, and we tagged along, filling propane, doing, doing the Walmart. We stocked up on spam singles and indulging in some sensory overload at the Gander Mountain outlet. Fishing supplies, anyone? Gilles and Anique spoiled us with a wonderful dinner aboard their beautiful boat, and we brought some boat sodas, because that's about all we're good for these days in the potluck department, unless anyone likes spam singles. We traded sea stories and life stories until much later than bedtime. And I know I've mentioned this before, but I think it definitely bears repeating. Uh, and that's just, just how cool it is when you meet like-minded people, uh, or, or even people who are very different, but share the experience of traveling by boat. Jason and Kirsten on Chickadee, Ed and Vicky on Alara, Clay and Allie on Soul Tide, and, and Nick and Jill on Callista. You know, all younger folks sailing south, and, and we just became instant friends with them. Um, we're all back, back on land these days, but we keep in touch, uh, visit when we can. And, uh, you know, the friendships you form under those circumstances are just, they're special. And, uh, it's definitely one of the best, best parts of, of sailing. And that dear reader brings us more or less up to date. Yesterday, we walked to a spearfishing freediving shop to procure spears in a Hawaiian sling and are trying to figure out what we're going to do for Christmas on a boat. We've spent the last two nights in, in a marina, as the anchorage here at Lake Worth is somewhat exposed to the southeast. And this is as far south in Florida as we go. Lake Worth Inlet is to be our departure point for the West End for West End on the island of Grand Bahama. So for now, we wait for a nice mellow weather window. So we actually ended up attempting to cross to the Bahamas, not from Lake Worth Inlet, 
but from Port Everglades in Fort Lauderdale. But I'm planning on doing a whole episode on our planning and strategy um, to try to get to the Bahamas, so we'll save that for next week. Um, So we spent Christmas in Lake Worth. Uh, We hung out with some other cruisers, uh, including the crew of Callista. Uh, We had a nice evening. Uh, And then we started heading south to Fort Lauderdale. So the stretch between West Palm Beach, which is where Lake Worth is, and Fort Lauderdale has about 20 or so opening bridges. Uh, And most of that stretch is in these canals that have concrete bulkheads lining uh, lining the sides. Uh, And it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, There's just miles and miles of the ICW down in South Florida that goes through these man-made, you know, I guess the rivers there have just been channelized, these channelized canals, uh, and there's massive waterfront mansions all over the place, just coming right down to the water, one one on top of another, each other, uh, each one's more ostentatious than the next. Uh, There's a lot of money down there, a lot of really nice boats, uh, and everything is glitzy. It's, uh, it kind of seems like Las Vegas on the water a little bit. it's about as different from rural Virginia, which is where we live now, or suburban New Jersey, which is where I grew up, uh, as you can get. It's, uh, it's cool. It's, it's different. I wouldn't want to live there, but it's cool. <laughs> so there's about 20 opening bridges, and they're all on a schedule. Uh, and depending on the distance between bridges, they open on the half hour every 45 minutes, something like that. Uh, and it seems like the timing was, is calibrated so that a boat that's going five and a half knots makes it from one opening to the next and just kind of proceeds down the line without any problem. Um, of course, we could never quite maintain the speed to do that. So most times we would just miss an opening. We'd be like, we've like had the throttle wide open, the engine be whining and the bridge tender would be calling the bridge tender and they'd be like, oh, sorry, captain, you have to wait for the next one inevitably. And so that, you know, the bridge would go down and we'd have to drive around in circles for a half an hour or an hour, which wouldn't have been too bad, except that the, the time, the day that we decided to do this section of the ICW, we were traveling on the weekend between Christmas and New Year's, the holiday weekend there. Uh, and it was just a circus. I mean, the, the number of boats out was crazy. Uh, everything from tourists on jet skis, uh, all the way up to 150 foot motor yachts. And Probably the preponderance of boats, it seemed, were these high-powered center consoles skippered by erratic teenagers, um, and all so there's all these wakes bouncing off of these concrete concrete bulkheads, and it was just sloppy, total madhouse, um, and it was probably the single most stressful day on the entire trip. Um, just waiting for the bridges with people zipping all around was was pretty stressful, um, and that the first day on that stretch it's the mileage isn't that long but with the bridges it took us two days to go from west palm to fort lauderdale we did 10 bridges that first day and then we were getting close at the end of the day to this little keyhole anchorage in in amongst the mansions and we wrapped we uh, got a palm from palm frond wrapped around the prop um so the motor started making crazy noises and there was cavitating there was you know we could tell something was up uh, but we were able to nurse the boat into the anchorage, get the get the anchor down, get everything settled down, pulled the motor out of the well, cleared the prop. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't a disaster or anything, but it was something of a fitting end to uh, just kind of a crazy day. But I guess we got the uh, the full experience at any rate. Uh, so the next day was more of the same. <laughs> we heard there was a very very heated argument over the VHF between the skipper of a huge motor yacht and a small sailboat that. Um, 
got into some uh, close close quarters maneuvering, waiting for a bridge to open. I think I think we were at the front of the line on that one, and I just you know I it was a mess, and I just decided to to go to the back of the line. I figured if I hugged the uh, the transom of the last boat in line, they couldn't close the bridge before we got through. Um, I didn't feel like playing bumper boats with <laughs> a big motor yacht. So, and at the end of the day, we made it down to Lake Sylvia, which is in Fort Lauderdale, uh, and it's the main transient anchorage um, for people getting ready to cross the Bahamas. Is is a lot of a lot of the folks kind of stays there. So we rode in to the Raw Bar, which is at the head of the 17th Street Canal, uh, and that's an interesting an interesting row. Uh, you know, you go through all these canals, and, and off kind of the main ICW channel is a is a decent sized canal, and it branches off. Uh, like a tree to all these, you know, little kind of feeder canals and sub canals and there's houses and bridges and it's kind of like Venice, I guess, or I would imagine anyway, what I imagine Venice to be like. So you go, you, you're rowing through these canals, you go under a bunch of low bridges connecting all the neighborhoods uh, and then you get from Lake Sylvia heading towards the, uh, the raw bar, you get to the main ICW channel uh, and it's always busy and for us it was kind of like playing Frogger. Uh, <laughs> so we were in Bug... Uh, our dinghy, uh, and we would kind of wait for a gap in the traffic, and I would just row like mad to try and make it across before the next super yacht came through. Um, be like standing on the uh, the frames of the boat, pulling hard on the oars, and uh, but we made it through. And, and bug, when you lean on it, bug can 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 move pretty fast. So then you go down through the end of the uh, the 17th Street Canal, past more super yachts, uh, and. Before we got to Lauderdale, I just I never realized how many super yachts there were in the world. It's it's pretty unbelievable, um, and uh, and rowing through all that in Bug was was pretty funny. You know, Bug's five foot six, I think, um, or maybe no six. Sorry, it's a six foot dinghy. Um, but with two with two of us in there, it's it's pretty tight. It's, it looks a little bit silly, and we uh, we definitely got a lot of weird looks. But I kind of like wearing. Wearing work boots to the prom, as it were. <laughs> so the it took it's about a twenty minute row to the raw bar in Lauderdale from Lake Sylvia, and it's a cool place. Uh, all the sailors hang out there. And later that day, our friends uh, Nick and Jill and Callista turned up in the Anchorage, uh, having decided to leave for the Bahamas from Lauderdale as well. Um, so we spent a few nights there in Lake Sylvia, um, getting ready, uh, watching the weather. And Ryan's 30th birthday was on December 30th. So we got the crew of Callista and the crew of Cloud9, whom we had met in the Anchorage there. Uh, and we hit the raw bar. Uh, we had a grand old time. I had, uh, I had set some money aside for the occasion, so we, uh, we threw down. Gilles gave us a ride in their outboard-powered dinghy, which saved us from having to row. <laughs> I have surprisingly sharp memories of that night. Uh, and the ride back to the anchorage from the raw bar was, was very memorable. Uh, it was just a, it was a perfect warm South Florida night. It was clear. Um, all the lights from the restaurants uh, and the bars and the mega yachts were reflecting off the water. Uh, and we were laughing and having a great time with all of our, uh, our new friends. It was a good, good time. So we get back to F- Firefly, uh, but we're not quite ready to, to throw in the towel yet. So uh, so me and Gio ride around the Anchorage, and we invited everybody on all the boats over to Firefly, uh, and a few even accepted. <laughs> it was uh, it was me, Ryan, and Nick and Gio and their dog, um, Dookie, Dave and Rose from Cloud Nine, and then four French sailors whom we had we had just met. Uh, so there's ten of us crammed into Firefly's cockpit, uh, which is the, I think the most you could possibly fit. 
Um, I was surprised that the uh, the cockpit drains weren't underwater and we didn't start sinking. <laughs> um, and there was a whole raft of dinghies trailing behind the boat, uh, and it was awesome. We we had a we had a grand old time. Everybody was laughing and telling sailing stories. The um, the skipper of the French boat had crossed the Atlantic, I think, like seventeen times and had hit. He said he was surfing at eighteen knots the most recent time. So he uh, he was a cool dude. He had he had some good stories. And we sang uh, we sang Happy Birthday to Ryan in in English, uh, in broken English, and in French. It was uh, it was a really fun night. So that's it for this episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast and you uh, you feel so inclined, uh, leave me a review on iTunes. Uh, it helps me out. Helps other people find the podcast. Uh, so thanks. Next week we'll uh, we'll get into our attempted Bahamas crossing. Till then. <laughs>